Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful, spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Do you or have you struggled with a weak core, too tight or too weak of a pelvic floor, incontinence, sexual shame? Then this episode is for you. Tune in as Jacqueline Morosco shares about pelvic health and sexual reclamation. It's time we have more open conversations about this topic. So let's dive in. Welcome everyone to another juicy episode of The Pleasure Path. Today we are going to be talking about pelvic floor health and why it is so important for us to not only feel healthily expressed in our sexuality, to enjoy pleasure in our sexuality, to experience healing, but also to reveal this inner truth, this deeper truth that we carry in this part of our body as women. So I have a special guest, Jacqueline Morosco, who is trained as a sex educator. She is out to change the stigma that we shouldn't talk about these parts of our life or that we should just keep everything to ourselves. And she wants to empower women to talk freely and comfortably about their bodies and teach them how to have more control over their bladder, pelvic floor and core so they can feel confident and learn even more self-care techniques. Jacqueline's clients have whole being wellness and they have a unique blend of modalities that they learn through her, including chanting, shamanism, natural and practical health concepts, and she helps them create simple daily routines and rituals. So Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Welcome to the pleasure path. Will you share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Violet. I'm really excited to be here and to talk to all of your listeners. Um, so a little bit about me. I, let's see. I am the mom of two adult sons and I have loved raising boys. I think that girls being one myself can be quite challenging. Um, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, but grew up in Connecticut. And it, it was in Connecticut that I had most of my training, my um, sexuality training. And, and I'm actually kind of grateful for that because uh, the teachings were a little bit different there, you know? and. And just a little bit about why I started to really dive into pelvic care. Um, so I had had my kids, you know, and life was going along great. I'm a yoga therapist and work with my body. And, and all of a sudden I started to feel this heaviness in my womb, you know, and, and I didn't know what it was. And I'm, I'm a sex educator. I know my body really well. And I didn't really understand what was happening. And when I went to my doctor, she didn't know. And, and, and she's the one who does, you know, my pelvic exams, you know, and, and, but she did send me to a specialist and that started me on this path. Uh, because once I went to the urogenital surgeon who of course wanted to do surgery, which was what, uh, not where I wanted to go. Um, but she was very helpful. But once I started to talk about it with my clients and my friends, I realized pretty much everybody that I talked to had some experience with pelvic floor disorder, you know, some sort of disorder related to the pelvic floor. So that's how I got into this particular area. And there's so much more that I could tell, but I want to talk about other things. 
Great. Well, maybe some of those other stories and details will come through as we keep connecting. But it sounds like this sparked a whole journey for you and that it also brought up from the other people you were talking to this, this stigma or this taboo. So what's a common response when you're talking with people about the, their pelvic floor? Do they feel numb? Do they feel ashamed? So at first, you know, when I first started talking about this, I noticed that people would kind of hold their breath. Mm. You know, there, there would be this kind of that, that pause, that pregnant pause where, uh, you know, I, like, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen next kind of thing. And, and then I think because I'm pretty comfortable talking about body parts and, and I was talking about myself and, and then people started to open up a little bit and say, you know, I thought that was just normal. You know, that like, I have to wear a pad every day because, because I leak, you know, and, and then as I started to research and talk to more people and, you know, all over the internet and books and specialists, and um, I realized that it's, it's not normal. Like it, it, I mean, it might be someone's normal and, and I really don't like the word normal, but it doesn't have to happen like that. And so, yeah, so I would say, you know, a little bit of fear, definitely shame. Like some people, they wouldn't say anything, especially we were in like a small group one time. And, but then they email me later, they text me later, message me later and say, you know, this is happening to me. So they didn't want to talk about it in the group, but they definitely wanted to talk about it. And, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, I, when I started to put it out to my email um, followers, I, I received many responses that way, you know, because it was private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to share that it's amazing how society expects women to just know and take care of things on their own related to their female health and their sexuality and even their love life. We're just fed these myths like, oh, well, your Prince Charming will just show up on your doorstep or, oh, you just pop out a baby and then keep on going and or you get older, but it's okay. Like you just keep on keep on keeping on like we don't create a, a culture where we can really talk freely about how our bodies change and how we can get support in these areas. It's so sad to, and frustrating, you know, to hear when women are just living with conditions that they don't have to. And I'm curious if you find that most people have um, not toned enough pelvic floors or too tight of pelvic floors, because in my experience and from what I know, and I know you're the expert on the pelvic floor, it seems like we're looking for a happy medium. We're not looking for everything to be rock hard. Um, because that can lead in my experience, when my pelvic floor is really tight, it's because I'm anxious and I may actually then be getting more bladder infections or UTIs or other things. Cause I'm just holding on to everything so tensely, but tell us about like, what is the sweet spot for the pelvic floor? I, I really love this question. And so the sweet spot and, and, and it's not just the pelvic floor, right? It's mm-hmm. the whole core. And that's, that's what why when I started to put my course together, it's like, it has to be about the core because it's the diaphragm, you know, under the rib cage and the pelvic floor at the bottom of the torso. And they work together and it's a system and it involves all of the, the abdominal muscles and the side body muscles and the back muscles. And 
And if one part is a little bit off, it throws off the whole system. And so, so when you ask about like, like what's the, 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 the medium, well, we want the muscles toned mm -hmm. and we want to be able to control when we're relaxing them and when we're tightening them. And so there, you're right, like there are those people who go around totally anxious and they're, they're tight all the time so that then when they have to go urinate, they try to stop it and they can't because their muscles are so exhausted from being tight all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and then there are those people who the pelvic floor is um, not toned enough. And so then they're working on, um, building those muscles. And so really, so the people who, who have the tight pelvic floor, they tend to be the people who might have discomfort in during intercourse. Mm -hmm. um, they, they might even, interestingly enough, they might have issues in their jaw because again, like everything's connected. Um, and they have a little bit more work to do because one, they have to relax the pelvic floor and then teach it to be able to contract when they want it to. Whereas the people who are not tone, they really have to build those muscles up. And, and one of the things that like I, for people like a, a you know, a silver bullet, something like, and, and I see it on the internet a lot, do this one exercise and it will, you know, fix you forever. Um, but it takes time. Yes. Right? Like that's, like, that's the thing, like, and, and like, you have to keep doing it. So, so like, if you think about regular exercise, you know, we can't just walk one day and, and like, oh, I'm so fit. You have to keep doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so you're expressing that it's a, it's a lifelong practice and journey. And it's a lot of self-awareness of knowing when and how to control these muscles in order to have better, um, you know, urinary functions, but also sexual health. And you mentioned pregnancy and childbirth, but how do those, as well as sexual trauma, affect our pelvic floor? So, um, and and I, I want to be very clear too that people who don't have babies and any gender, like all genders have a pelvic floor, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have a baby to have a pelvic floor disorder. Right. So, cause I know some, a lot of information out there is based around pregnancy. Um, and so what happens in pregnancy, you know, if we're specifically talking about that, you have the weight of the fetus and the stretching of all the muscles. And then you have the relaxin that is released throughout the pregnancy so that the cervix can open and the baby can be delivered. And and just like you said, like we don't, we don't talk with women about how to counteract what happens and, and pregnancy, you know, labor delivery, it's all natural, right? Like it's a natural occurrence and it would be wonderful if we could teach people as soon as they deliver a baby, what are things that they could start doing to help with that pelvic wellness? Um, yeah. So and, and then, you know, there's 
injuries. You know, I actually think that my uterus dropped. I had a skiing accident and I flipped over and my body slammed on the ground. And I think that was, that was the last straw. I don't think it like caused the whole thing, but that was the last straw when I started to have difficulties. And so, so there are, there are injuries, there are hormonal changes, there is pregnancy, there's weight gain, there's, you know, being tense all the time and, and not knowing how to use our bodies. I mean, nobody, and, and even, you know, when we're, I, this just popped into my head, but sexual pleasure, mm-hmm. like we're not taught that like one, how to pleasure ourselves or pleasure our partner and, and then what to expect when, you know, you're with a partner. And, and I think that it's like, I want to have this conversation about all of it because to me, it's all connected. Like, like some people, um, one person I know, they had an episiotomy that was not sewn well, um, during their pregnancy and had a flap of skin that was left down there and sex sexual intercourse um was and and she really thought like for the rest of my life I'm never going to be able to enjoy sex again you know and (laughs) and I just thought I (laughs) there's there's a there's something wrong here you know like like And so I think sometimes, um, yeah, messages are not conveyed that need to be conveyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is absolutely a part of our bodies. We do not. That we can build awareness and build pleasure, build skill and build um, love and and comfort, like reclaiming this part of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering about some of the other benefits. So clearly when someone works on their pelvic floor, they will feel um, that that they probably have less incontinence issues or that sex becomes more pleasurable. But are there some other psychosomatic benefits like people feeling more grounded or slowing down in their life or feeling more emotionally regulated? Like what, what are the other things that you see as benefits of strengthening and healing the pelvic floor for your clients? That is another great question. So the first thing that I teach everyone is about breathing, right? And so as soon as you do conscious breathing, and and there are many different breathing practices, but the one that I teach everybody is breathing with their whole body. Mm -hmm. And, And one, it tones those months. So when I, I am also a college professor and when these young gals come in and they're like, I want to work on my core. I'm like, well, we're going to focus on your breathing. And mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, <laughs> you know? And so, so yes, when you focus on your breathing, you become more grounded, you become really present, you become aware of what's happening in your body. And I love to ask the question, body, what, you know, beautiful body, what do you want? What do you need? Like, how do you feel? And it's amazing to me how many of us don't stop and even like, so I taught school for many years. And so when you're in school, I, I taught middle school, you can't leave the classroom when you have to go to the bathroom, you have to wait until it's the right time. 
And, and that was part of my dysfunction too, like 24 years of not being able to go to the bathroom when I needed to. And, and so we stopped listening to what the cues are from our body. And so when I retired and I was home and, and I found myself, I'm working out of my home <laughs> and I'm still not letting myself go to the bathroom. And I need, cause I'm just not used to it. I had to retrain. And so really there's a lot of retraining that happens. So definitely listening to your body. Um, and when we're working with the lower part of the body, it's, it's a place where a lot of emotions mm -hmm. are stored and emotions, you know, I, to me, emotions are stored in all of our cells, you know, and specifically around everything to do with our creativity and our sexuality. And, and so when we start to focus on this area, emotions come up. Right. And, and for some people that's really scary, you know, and that's why putting together the program, I felt like I couldn't talk because I've, I've taken a number of trainings and they don't talk about ancestral trauma or um, they talk a little bit about sexual trauma, but not very much and definitely not about emotion. And so I feel like, again, it's one of those things that we need to be talking about and know that it's okay to feel things. And when we check into our body, those feelings are, are going to surface. Absolutely. And even during intercourse or even during sexual encounters, a lot of clients I work with say like, Oh, I'm embarrassed because I might cry during sex or I feel, you know, angry. And we have to normalize that emotions during intimate experiences with ourselves or with others are just part of this flow of energy. And it's healing to be present with those and, have partners who can also hold space and not make it anything about their performance or about, you know, the love that each other share. My husband often says that sometimes when I'm really in my emotions, I will give him a heart on like he, he swells with love for me and his heart and in his genitals, because it's sexy when we can be dropping into our emotions, what's not sexy, or I shouldn't say anything is or isn't sexy, but what can distance ourselves, I find from our pleasure is when we're analyzing our emotions and not letting them flow. So I really love what you're saying about recognizing that our body holds onto emotions and it's normal and it's okay. And it's part of the healing journey. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so being able to talk about those things. So let's say someone has urine incontinence, you know, and, and maybe they're afraid to leave the house because they don't know if they're, especially during this time on our planet, not a lot of public restrooms are open. And so am I going to be able to go to the bathroom when I need to? And, and then there's that fear of, do I smell like urine when, so it, it definitely starts to um, interfere with intimacy. Mm. You know, like, do I even want to be around people because yes, I have, I have a pad on that collects the urine, but does it smell? I never thought of that, the, the ramifications of dealing with incontinence or these issues. Yeah. And, and there's also fecal incontinence as well, you know, where people um, lose control over their bowels, you know, and they just don't know in the same way with urine, they don't know that that's going to happen. And, and so some people really become housebound you know, and, and a number of people that I spoke with 
when they talked to their doctors, they were told that there was nothing that could be done. You know, they were getting older, they'll just have to learn to live with it. And, you know, or the other option, you know, take medication for life or have surgery, you know, and, and, and I guess my message, one of my messages is it doesn't have, there are other things that we can do. And not that this is like the only answer, but there are many things that we can do to make changes. Absolutely. That's so empowering for everyone listening to know, like if there's a part of your life that you are settling or just thinking that's the way it is, or you've been told something by the Western medicine, of course we want to take that into consideration, but there Mm -hmm. are other options and other avenues, which is why coaching is a really cool opportunity for people to get knowledge and insight and tools and community from people who've been through the things that you might be currently going through. Like Jacqueline shared some of her personal stories. One of the things that I'm always liking to talk about is the intersection of healing and sexual pleasure. And I don't know if you have any examples from your own life or your client's life where when this part of their body and their energy got more, um, I want to say evolved, but it's not evolved. But when there was more awareness and more skill there, like how did that impact their sex life or how they felt about themselves and their confidence? Ah, that's a, yes. So I actually was just having a conversation with one of my clients today um, because we, we just did this assessment of the, the vulva, you know, so, so using the mirror to look at the genitals and, and touch them, you know, and um, when I said, and, and not necessarily in a sexual way, but it would be absolutely okay if it led to, you know, sex, masturbation. Um, and, and she said that it was, it, it was really hard for her to even hear me say, touch yourself. Mm. area like was and and a little afraid and really excited so so it was like being given permission you know and and this is someone who's had many children and um and and has had you know lots of experience with intercourse and and so it was very it was freeing that's what she's like, like at first there was that fear and, and that, oh no, and, and what am I going to do? And, and then when she started to explore, it was very, um, yeah, she said freeing was the word that she used, you know, and, and I, I think that that's true for all of us because many of us are told certain things like our, you know, like our genitals are not attractive or they're smelly or, you, you know, we, we own it and we don't even remember that it happened because we were a teenager or something like that. And then when we're with our partner, all of a sudden there's this interference, you know? Mm. And so I, I see this work as opening up space for women to really explore who they are and what they want and and I, and i think that it's very empowering to 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 look at yourself and to kind of see what it feels like um 
yeah, to explore the different parts of the body and, you know, specifically the genital area. And, and when I have been going over the parts of the body and I, I, I'm technical, but I try not to be too technical. Um, but it's very interesting, uh, people's knowledge bases, you know, we all don't have the same information. I just remembered a story um, when I was 16, we were at a concert drinking and um, my girlfriend had after drinking beer. So we're peeing a lot, you know, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, like we're going to run out pretty soon, you know, and of uh, tampons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and she was like, well, I can't pee with the tampon in, you know? And, and so, so here we are uh, a little under the weather, not under the weather, a little uh, wasted in a bathroom at a concert, having this conversation about that you have three openings, yes. you know, and it's she, and she didn't know. And, and I thought that was like the first clue for me that we all didn't have the same information. Mm. And, and I wonder, you know, how many of us go through our whole life and don't know that information. Yes. It's so sad because depending on your school, depending on your parents, depending on your sexual yeah. partners, you could be uh, experiencing the world in a very different way as it relates to your body and your pleasure and your sexuality. But I think we're also taught that women should be able to climax just from what I call porn star sex, like no foreplay, just insert. And then like, she should be, ah, you know, and it can happen that way, but it doesn't normally happen that way. And then on the other side, I feel like we're told, well, it's normal to not have internal orgasms. Like most women don't like, it's just part of how it is. Like, you know, just work with your clitoris. And what I found is that as we start to de-armor these parts of our body, as we start to build awareness and as we start to build self-love and self-exploration, we can have much more satisfying orgasms, both clitorally, but also G-spot, cervical, you know, other, other orgasmic possibilities too. Yeah. Seeing, um, speaking of my, so my oldest son just got married, as I said earlier, and, um, what I got for him as a wedding gift was the book, She Comes First. Yes, I love that. <laughs> That's perfect. And, well, because I I think it's really important that, that because they're still pretty young, you know, and um, I think it's really important that uh, both partners, uh, you know, and, and, uh, like understand what's going on and explore together. And, and it's not just like you call porn star sex, you know? Um, and I think if you don't learn about it in school or from your family, you know, like it's, it's all trial and error. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being with a partner who is informed and educated and open is so important. I love that gift because, We also get taught as women that our pleasure is his pleasure and we get into performing or feeling like we have to be enough or 
there's just a lot of social pressure that we put on ourselves as women instead of recognizing we have just as much right to experience pleasure and experience joy and experience love. And I really like what you said earlier about feeling and noticing ourselves and finding ways that we feel pleasure in our body so that we can communicate that with a partner. I think a lot of times we're afraid to share with a partner what we really like, but how are they supposed to know unless we tell them, unless we show them, unless we, you know, explore together. And I feel like our own pleasure and self-pleasure is kind of the template or the blueprint then for a healthy relationship with our partner. Uh, I don't know that that's always true for men, not to judge that, but I feel like for men, uh, ejaculation can be depleting. But what I find is for women, having pleasure, whether it leads to climax or not, can be very nourishing, very healing, and can also increase our turn on. When I'm not doing any self-pleasure and I'm not connected to my sexuality and I'm not doing my practices, I don't feel as excited for my partner. So in a weird way, the more that I'm with my own pleasure, the more it increases my excitement for my partner, not the other way around. Absolutely. And I also think that from my, I, I love, from my experience, I love to create art. Mm-hmm. And I also find when I'm not connected to my sexuality, I'm not as prolific um, in my, my creative practices you know, and, 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 and it doesn't have to be self-pleasuring, um, but it's being aware of everything. Like, like, and I like to create little rituals and practices that I do regularly. And, um, and I think that that for me, that's like, it, it all flows together, you know, Yes. Everyone listening, definitely take a note on that, a mental note if you're driving, that if you're not connecting to your sexuality, you're going to be limiting your creativity and that all of this does flow together. And also I find with our finances, when I work with women and they start to open up their feminine energy and their sexuality, I don't focus specifically on on pelvic floor, but I have practices around sexuality they end up making more money or changing jobs or getting a raise or, you know, getting a bonus that they weren't expecting because they're flowing and they're fluid in this part of their body, instead of feeling that sense of tension or, or um, that they have to do everything on their own. Yeah. I I agree with that completely. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like, um, like abundance on all different levels. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we, when we're creating, we are abundant. I, I always think if we're not creating, we're destroying. And that sounds pretty severe, but we have these energies that want to be expressed. And when we don't express them, then sometimes we turn them on ourselves with self-criticism or trying to be perfect instead of allowing ourselves to create, like you said, and, and be expressed and be sexual and be in love with our bodies and all of their intricacies, even, even as they change, you know, whether it's through childbirth or or other experiences. Do you have a certain type of person that you tend to work with or certain types of people that you really enjoy working with? So yes, um, most of my clients tend to be about 40 and above um, female and uh, exploring like looking to create some sort of change in their life. Like they know that they need a shift. And that being said, I do have some male clients and 
And um, because I teach at a college, I have a lot of <laughs> younger students, you know, um, which is great too, because that keeps me connected in there. But yeah, so, so I would say women over 40, um, but yeah, I, I would say that's probably, you know, and, and sometimes, sometimes they don't even know that like, like they come to me for a particular thing, you know, like maybe creating habits around, you know, wanting to lose weight or something like that. And then as we start talking, something about their sexuality or pelvic floor comes up, you know, like, so, so people don't, what I'm trying to say with too many words is people don't come directly to me because of their pelvic floor. Although I am getting more and more people who do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's getting more normalized. So hopefully more and more people are finding you and recognizing that this is something they, they want to shift. Can you tell us a little bit more about your program? I think you have a program that helps women with their core and with their pelvic floor. I do. It's called um, the core course (laughs) and uh, restore your pelvic floor core and more, because I, like I said earlier, I think it's really important to work on the whole system as opposed to just the pelvic floor. And it's an eight week program. And I offer it with uh, live coaching calls, because I think it's really important that people be able to ask questions about what's happening in their body. And And it's, you know, it focuses on restoring the pelvic floor, but we also go into other things that that we talked about, like emotions and subtle energy in the body and um, ancestral trauma and um, (laughs) moon cycles and rituals and self-care practices. So so I feel like it, it encompasses a lot of different, possibilities to come at feeling comfortable in the body specifically around the pelvic floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And how can people find out more about this core course? So um, my website is spiritedpractice.com. And if you go in there under the work with me section and you just look for pelvic care, And I offer it um, because it's an eight week program. I usually teach for eight weeks, take a a month off and then start it up again. Yeah. So it'll be starting again in um, the end of March. Perfect. Well, I highly encourage anyone that's listening to check that out and get support. We might think that this is something we can figure out on our own. And I'm just telling you, you can't (laughs) like, not that you can't, but, but you really, will need and want support. I feel this way about anything in our life that we want a massive transformation in, whether it's our pelvic floor health and our core, whether it's with our partner, whether it's with, you know, shifting careers and building your own online business, whatever it is, get help with whatever it is you're trying to work through, because you are going to have so much more 
meaningful progress and it's going to happen faster and it's going to be more sustainable because we just can't see our own blind spots. And believe me, we can't even see our own pelvic floor blind spots. It's taken me so long to make an, a, an awareness and a connection with myself. And I teach women how to connect with their sexuality. And I still am thinking, wow, you know, I need even more support with this. Like, what is it that I don't know that I need help with? And how can this become even more strong and steady and stable from that place? I feel like we were talking about the womb before we started uh, recording. And it's like from the womb space, the energetic womb space, and then all of the musculature around it, like that is our foundation as women for creating in the world and showing up in the world as ourselves. So I highly encourage anyone listening to check out Jacqueline's work. Thank you. You know, like I went to my doctor, I went to the urogenital surgeon, I went to a physical therapist who does internal work, you know, I sought out books and courses and, and even though I was trained, so I think that getting outside help is really important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to share with someone who might be listening to this episode or anything else that's on your heart? The thing I really want people to know is that you don't have to go carry that shame any longer, like, like whatever, like the fear, the shame, um, being that you're less than because you don't have control over a part of your body. Like it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that and letting go of that shame about this part of our body is a huge gift. It's a gift to yourself. It's a gift to your children. It's a gift to every woman and every person on the planet, I really do feel like when we heal and when we get support, like someone working with you, it radiates out and it affects us and affects everyone around us. And imagine if we could have these conversations anywhere and everywhere. And people would say like, oh yeah, this is what happened with me. And this is how I fixed this, or I shouldn't say fix, because it's not that something's broken, but this is how I brought more awareness to it and normalizing these conversations and normalizing feeling good about our bodies as they are and still longing for and taking steps towards even more integration. Yeah. Well, I've loved having you on the show, Jacqueline. It's been a total pleasure. I'm excited for everyone to go check out your course and I will be putting your website and social media handles in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Anything else that you'd like to add? I just want to thank you for this opportunity to get the message out about pelvic wellness. Yes, pelvic wellness. I feel like that should be a bumper sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you please subscribe to my show and leave a review.